Well, good morning, everybody. Great to see you. Missed you last week. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and read our verse together today. 1 John 2, 3. This is how we know that we know him if we keep his commands. All right. Can you hear me now? Yes. Sweet. Great. All right. We started this lesson two weeks ago. And um, Proverbs 22, 6. Start children off in the, on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Scripture that guides us and says, you know what? The way we train one another, the way we even train ourselves, it becomes a part of who we are. And that's so important that we start young and, and we continue to do that throughout our lives. And so, and, and for all of us, as we're going through this idea of responsibility, learning what it means to be responsible, we must train ourselves to be responsible. That's something we have to do. We have to be intentional about What's so challenging about responsibility and being responsible? And how is this a spiritual discipline? Real quickly, as a review, what, what, what is that? Why is it so challenging to be responsible? Because you can't be selfish and do that. Yeah, you can't be selfish. It takes dedication. It's work. It's easier to be lazy and do nothing. Yeah, it's easier to be lazy and do nothing. Pardon? It requires, it requires obedience. It's more fun to just have fun. It's more fun just to have fun. Yeah. You know, but it, it, this is a spiritual discipline. And it's a spiritual discipline because when we are responsible, God is then able to use us in a mighty way. Be very careful that how you live, not as unwise, but as wise Ephesians 5.15 says. What are the competitors to responsibility? And we went over this, so I'm not going to belabor that. Entitlement. I deserve this. Okay? I should have to work for this. Okay? And we see this in our culture. This attitude of, I, you know, I don't have to work for this. I, I, because of this, you know, I'm an American or I, I'm this or that. I deserve this. My rights. I demand my rights. People are demanding all kinds of rights today. The, the right to live the way they want to without uh, persecution. Unless, of course, you do something that they don't like. And then they persecute you. You know, it's like they, they, they want these rights to, to uh, be able to think the way they want to think and do what they want to do. Because that's really important to understand. What a person thinks will impact what they do. And so when you ask the question, why don't we just let people live and let live? Why do we care what other people believe? Because what they believe impacts what they do. Okay? The victim. It's not my fault. People blame everyone else for their problems. They shift the blame. They don't want to take responsibility for their choices. I, I you know, we, we see this in our culture today, and there's debate about uh, student loans and, you know, all the different things that are out there, or credit card debt, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, and I've known Christian families who, who went into massive Christian credit cards debt with the intention because they didn't own a home they just rented that they had the intention they racked up tens of thousands of dollars to go bankrupt to not be responsible because what's the big deal i don't own anything so i'm just going to take advantage of the government and i said wait a minute now that's not the government who's the government we 
Anybody here want to know who's the government? Me, you, right. So what you're doing, what you're saying is you're actually taking advantage of me. Well, yeah. The mindset, the heartbeat, responsibility. Why should we live a responsible life and teach it to our children? Because we're accountable for our actions. What we do actually matters, okay? God is watching us. Someone read for me Hebrews 4.13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. That's sobering, isn't it? I think it's a reality in our life that we have to know. But not only is God always there with us, but he is also seeing everything we do. He knows our heart. He knows our motives. He knows the why and everything. God is actually watching us and we should be responsible because the Lord is actually knows what's going on. He knows the truth. We don't hide anything from him. And we want to be able to be responsible in our actions because God sees that. We will stand before God's judgment. What type of judgment will this be for Christians? Someone read for me Romans 14, 10 through 12. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. So we're going to give an account of ourselves to God. But what type of judgment is this? 1 Corinthians uh, 3, 11 through 15 kind of describes this. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. Now, we're not talking about non-Christians here. Okay? There's no reward in hell. Okay? So, in other words, we're talking about brothers and sisters here in Christ. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only is escaping through the flames. In other words, here, what we do actually matters. So, in other words... There is a reward for our actions when we're responsible to, to do what God has called us to do. The things that we do, God will test that. And it's, a, it's really, it's, we call it the Bema Seat Judgment of God. Everything that we've done is basically judged by God. Every, every one of us will stand before his judgment seat, but not in relationship to our sin. That is the great white throne judgment. In the Revelation, those that are going into the great white throne judgment are cast into the lake of fire with Satan. But those who are Christians, who have already been judged by God, at the, and they went through the marriage supper of the Lamb, the beam of seat judgment of God, is when believers are judged, and ultimately at that point, our works, what we've done, are judged. That which has been done in the flesh, that which has not been done in the spirit, that which is, will be ultimately is wood, hay, or straw is burned up. It's gone. In other words, it was worthless. But anything that remains will be our worth, will receive that reward. And he uses it as gold, silver, costly stones. Those things that aren't burned up. 
those things that aren't destroyed through that judgment. Now, what that all looks like in eternity, I have no clue. <laughs> he keeps telling us about those things, and I've said that multiple times in here to you. That ultimately, I think what we do actually matters. I mean, why do we store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not corrupt, where thieves break through and steal? If it has no difference in eternity, you know, I think there, there's something connected to that. But he doesn't go into detail, and I think rightly so. There's no pride going to be in heaven, by the way. No one's going to be in heaven going, look at all my rewards. Oh, you only have a few. Bummer. Okay. Look at my mansion. Okay. No. But I think there's, you know, whether it's responsibility, maybe it's during the millennial reign of Christ, all those different things that we'll be responsible for, that God will hold us accountable with and responsible for during that time. Everything we do should glorify God. You memorize this, right? First Corinthians ten thirty one. Someone read it for me. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. And it goes down to the minimization of eating and drinking. So what we did this morning, did you eat and drink to the glory of God? Yeah. Yes. Every bite of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> Some things even never mind. <laughs> because what we do impacts other people. Not only does God see it, but people see us. People see us. People are watching your life. You may be thinking to yourself, you know what? I, you know, I, I'm not on stage. I'm not here, there. No one sees. No, no one knows me. No one sees what I do. That's false. People are watching your life all the time. Your neighbors are watching you. I guarantee you, your neighbors know that you left this morning. Okay? They do. It's funny. People do. They recognize what each other does. You know, people say it all the time. I mean, Cheryl's the walking lady. Everywhere we go around Lynchburg, you know, she's, oh yeah, you're the lady that walks on the old Grace Mill Road. Yeah. You see, that's what she does. She's got a routine and everybody knows it. That's what she does. She's the walker. You know? What we do impacts other people. The influence can be positive or negative. Okay? Give me examples of that. Real quick. How do what we do impacts other people in a positive way? Real quick. When people treat their children well, I love it. I don't even know them, but I love it. But if they're mean and harsh with their kids, it, it does something in my spirit. I'm sad. Absolutely. You see it, yeah. Somebody else? Giving. Giving, yeah. Just the, the, the influence of what someone else does. The, the encouragement that provides. We should seek the good of others by our actions. First Corinthians 10, 24 says, No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Think about that for a moment. How does that really impact my choices? How does it impact your choices? If everything I should do seek their good, not my own. Man, that's self-sacrificing, isn't it? No one lives for himself alone. The Christian life is to be lived for the Lord, which will impact other people's lives. No one lives for himself. We're not an island to ourselves. Someone read for me Romans 14, 7 and 8. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. 
If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. So we're, if we're in the Lord, everything we do, living and dying, is for the Lord. But our lives should then reflect Him in everything that we do. And if we're living our lives for, not for ourselves, you know, then what does that mean? How do we then apply that? Well, what we've got to do is think, how is my life going to positively impact someone else? And we start immediately with our own family, with our spouse. How does what I do and the sacrifices I make for my spouse positively impact her or him? Then we think of the next, our children. How do what we do impacts them? Now, again, I want to be careful here. What, what I'm not saying is, is we have to be careful as parents. Okay? Now, I'm going to say something that I don't want you to get ticked off at. Okay? I know you, you trust me. But we don't want to create brats. Okay? And children and grandchildren who are given everything they want without any responsibility for it, that we create and teach entitlement. And it's, it's harming our children and grandchildren. But we have to do that with ourselves too. There are times when we have to deny us what we want for someone else. Our time, our pleasure, our Fill in the blank. Think about the things that we do in our life. It's like, if I don't live for myself, I'm living for the Lord, I'm living for others. At times, that could be very frustrating. Because today's culture, you look, watch the car, uh, uh, commercials. It's about me. Now, again, the Bible's clear. So don't misinterpret the scriptures. The greatest commandment is this, Right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right? Yes. And the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor. Okay. You have to love yourself properly in order to love other people. But I think there's a cultural shift. This me time or this me <laughs> emphasis. You do have to take care of yourself. Do not just destroy yourself because if you just give and give and give and give and you don't take care of you, you'll just become a bitter old person. Okay? You've got to take care of you. And there's a biblical aspect to that. But at the same time, it's, the world doesn't revolve around me. And it doesn't revolve around you. It revolves around him. So everything, if we're doing it to his glory, it makes a big impact then on our lives. We should live a responsible life and teach to our children because we will be rewarded according to our deeds, good or bad. We should store treasures in heaven. This should not be our motive, but it is the result of good works. I said this earlier, so I won't belabor it. Matthew 6, 19, 21. Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. God wants to bless us. Someone read for me Psalm 8, 84, 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows 
No good thing does he withhold from those who walk, whose walk is blameless. God will bless us with greater responsibility for being responsible. <laughs> is that a challenging thought to you? I, it, 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 in some ways, it, it, it's like, Lord, enough. <laughs> some of you, I, like for example, anyone um, who has the gift of service, the spiritual gift of service, is typically exhausted because they're constantly doing, okay? And, you know, and, and they think, Lord, if I'm responsible with what you've given to me, then you're going to give me more responsibility. Great! Okay? <laughs> Luke 12, 48b says, For everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded, and from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. <laughs> Great! <laughs> when you think about that, in our culture today, you know, it's like, you know, where does vacation fit in that? <laughs> you take it when you can. <laughs> but you know, the, the bottom line is this. If we have the right perspective, and if everything we're doing is for his glory, if we're put, keeping things in priority, loving God, loving yourself, loving others, because you can't love others if you don't love yourself. If you're taking care of those three priorities, and in the process you're doing the responsibilities God has given to you, what does the word of God tell you? Will he ever put more on you than you're able to bear? Yes or no? No. no. So God will give you exactly what you need when you need it. And you'll have the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. You can't beat the joy of the Lord, amen? amen. There, there is a lot of frustration in this world, but there's the, the joy of the Lord is amazing. You can be full of contentment with that. How do we train ourselves and family to be responsible? First of all, by being a good steward. We should use what we've been given faithfully. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Stewardship, in other words, every one of us in this room, everyone listening to me right now, okay, myself included, if, when, if you're born again, you have at least one spiritual gift. Some of you have gifts. And that gift or gifts are to be used to edify the body in service of the Lord. And so that gift, when you're using that gift or gifts, that's a steward. You're, you're stewarding what God has given to you. Just like the parable of the steward who was given money. What do you do with that money? You invest that money. They were supposed to take care of that money, not bury it. God has given you a gift. So you don't bury that gift. You don't go, I've got a gift. I don't want to use it. I'm just going to put it in the ground and give it back to the Lord. Hey, you, you gave me the gift of giving, but I didn't want to give my money. <laughs> so here it is. <laughs> you can't take it with you, right? You have the gift of serving. Are you serving? You have the gift of edifying. Are you edifying? And the gift of teaching. Are you teaching? Some of you are sitting there, well, I don't teach like you teach, but I don't care. Neither somebody else. If you have the gift of teaching, teach. Find a place to teach. Well, where? Ask. Just ask. There are plenty of places to teach. 
Okay? And if you and if you don't have a place to teach, start one. Right? Daryl? Yeah, he was he was part of our men's group, and he goes, I like this men's group, but I'd rather have to do something different. So he started one on Wednesday morning. You go, well, I don't want to go Wednesday morning. I, I like Thursday mornings. Fine. Start with Thursday morning. <laughs> and we, we've got about 8,000 people here that may be interested in coming. You know, it's, well, who would come? If the Lord's in it, you'll bless it. Okay? Use your gifts. We're servants of the Lord. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord and not human masters. If you work, if you work for a company, you'll always be frustrated for the most part. <laughs> you know? I mean, there's some great companies out there. But every so often you're gonna get a person that's gonna be authority over you that are gonna be like, really? Really? Okay? And you go, why? You don't work for them. You've got to work for the Lord. If, if you can't use, I, I'm working for a jerk, so I'm irresponsible in my job. You can't do that. You've got to work with all of your heart. You do it to the best of your ability because you're not working for them. You're working for the Lord, and that's how we can be responsible. And we teach that then to the next generation by being faithful and responsible. But believe me, our kids and grandkids will see our unfaithfulness if we're just... Being irresponsible with our work. Hey, it's just, what, whatever. It's like, wait a minute now, that doesn't make any sense. You know? It's like, I, I, I think I've already told you this before, but I, I, there was a guy, a friend of mine, that his, his, his son and daughter-in-law were down in North Carolina working for a Fortune 500 company. And they heard about this, again, if I've told you this before, forgive me, but... They said, you know, they heard about this um, mental health vacation, mental health break. And they, they said they had friends that were taking two weeks off from work for mental health. And they thought, as a couple, we need to do that. We're working for this company. So they, they just didn't show up for two weeks. And they came back two weeks later and they go, uh, you're fired. And they go, why? We, we took our two-week mental health break. We don't have that as an option in our package. <laughs> what? We have friends that were doing it. Not at this company. You're fired. You're kidding me. No, you're fired. Okay. It's like, thankfully they got jobs because the jobs are plentiful today. But, you know, when... when what we're doing, we have to remember that when everything we do is for the Lord, whether it's in a secular, non-Christian culture or at a Christian university, and it's not always easy to live for the Lord there, okay? Because you have an expectation that everybody's supposed to be doing the right thing there, and they don't. Shocking. And, you know, I'm just grateful to have lasted this long. You know, I've had so many people that come and then they go over the years and they get bad and they leave and then they want to come back. And it's like, oh, the grass isn't greener on the other side. 
Will God bless us if we're not good stewards? What does Luke 6, 10 to 13 say? Someone read that for me. I know that's a lot. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? <coughs> no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I want you to notice two words. I'm underlining it in red, <laughs> circling it. What is those two words? True. Folks, there are riches and there are true riches. There are things that we think will satisfy us and things that just make life more difficult. There's nothing wrong with riches. Get all you can and enjoy it. Make sure you give some to others. But the, the real riches are things that you just can't buy. Name those things that you can't buy that are really rich. Friendship. Friendship. Elf. Grandkids. Grandkids. Reputation. Love. Love. Joy. Experience. Experience. Experiences. Wisdom. Peace. Peace. Hope. Hope. Salvation. Salvation. Encouragement others. Encouragement others. Think about things that, you know, my biggest phrase that I love to use, and Cheryl and I both love to use it, is I like to eliminate drama. <laughs> Isn't it awesome when there's no drama in your life? <laughs> eliminate drama. Some of you use the word peace. Some of you like the word use joy. You know, some quiet, solitude, happiness. Fulfillment, a sunset, a sunrise, an hibiscus flower. We took a picture of this week. You know, there's beauty all around us. Satan loves to throw in the thorns. Stop and smell the roses. Enjoy the blessings of this life and eliminate the drama. Be a good steward of what God's given to you. Use your gift for the Lord. And it, it, it's, it's not the big things. Don't focus on the big things. It's like we have a generation at times of young people coming up and go, I, when I graduate, I, I just want the job. I want all of it. I want the big money. I want the big stuff. I want everything now. Sometimes you've got to start off being faithful with the little things. And you'll be honored with the bigger things. And it, it, it takes time. It takes time. 
And under the Biden administration, it's going to take more time. <laughs> more time. Sorry. I'll double that. Just takes more time. You can't go as far. But God's going to watch everything that we do. He just wants us to be faithful with the little things. How do we train ourselves and family to be responsible? By controlling how I respond to my circumstances. Luke 6.31 says, do unto others as you'd have them do to you. How do I respond? How do I want others to treat me? How do I want others to communicate to me? I should want to communicate to them. How do I respond? What can and can't we control in our lives? What can we control? Our reaction. Our reaction? Ourselves. Ourselves? Attitudes. Attitudes? Excellent. Tone of voice. Tone of voice. Words that we're speaking. The words that we're speaking. We can control those. What can't we control? Others. <laughs> we can't control what other people do. But we can control how we respond. And we have to take responsibility. Speaking too quickly can be foolish. Proverbs 29, 20 says, Do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for them. <laughs> Do you ever catch yourself speaking before you should? Or writing the email? Always push pause before you send. You know? Think about it. Wait. By protecting our minds, we train ourselves and our family to be responsible by protecting our minds. Proverbs 23, 7, in the New King James says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he, so is she. We transform our minds. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, if you have God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, Holy and pleasing God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How do we transform our minds? Pardon? Staying in the word and applying it to everyday life. Excellent. Staying in the word. Getting in the word. Letting the word of God change us. Yeah, doing our daily devotions. Talking with others who follow God. Yeah, to talk with others who follow God. Praying. Prayer. Prayer. Asking the Lord. Stepping out of your comfort zone. Yeah, good. Stepping out of your comfort zone to do the right things, to think the right things. Maybe uh, you, if you haven't read a book, a Christian book in a while, read a book. That's out of some people's comfort zones. Some of you do not like to read. Okay? Some of you love to read. And those who don't get annoyed with you. <laughs> Especially when you try to push your book on them. <laughs> but it's, we all need to read. We all need to fix this mind on something other than television. Some of us may need to turn off Fox and other channels. Not to just not that I'm against them. I'm just saying, man, you just get negativism all the time. You just got to renew your mind. 
You know? I think you're talking about ABC. Yeah, yeah, ABC, NBC, CBS, all of them. Yeah, the others, I wouldn't even consider those. Those are just demonic. <laughs> we must seek God's truth. Proverbs 15, 14. Someone read that for me. Seek knowledge. Seek knowledge. Think about that. What does it mean to seek knowledge? To constantly be a, a learner. To be a learner. Stephen, I'm encouraged by you. See, you are a constant learner. You're, what program are you finishing up at Liberty right now? Uh, PhD. In what? Uh, health sciences. In health sciences. May I ask you, sir... How young are you? Uh, I'll be 79 in three weeks. And he's, he's getting his PhD at 79. Proud of you. Proud of you. God is trying to teach us responsibility. Next week I'm going to be talking about how the Lord has been responsible. How Jesus himself was responsible and how we can emulate him in our lives. So my prayer this week is that I will and that you will um, put application of God's word into practice. And apply it and use what God has gifted you with for his honor and glory. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, thank you for this day and for the blessing of it. Thank you for everyone who's come here today. And I pray that we won't be just hearers of your word, but doers of it. I pray that we will be faithful in doing what you've called us to do and using our gifts to, to glorify you. Help us to learn and understand, Lord, that what we do matters. How we respond matters. And that we want to bless those around us. Forgive us of our sins, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for being our intercessor. And when we walk out of here today, may we reflect you more because of the time we spent here today. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. Have a great week.